I was upset. I didn't think I had what it takes. It took a while to admit anything was wrong. Diet and exercise sounded intimidating. But small, easy goals made it easy to start. Every situation is different. There are many paths to victory, but the end goal is all the same. This is the Weight Loss Podcast with Matt and Courtney, a couple who committed to a strategy and lost a combined 100 kilograms. When it comes to weight loss, you don't just need encouragement, you need a strategy. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Weight Loss Podcast. I am Courtney. I am Matt. As always, sitting right next to me, my right-hand man. Welcome. Hello there. Welcome to my podcast. Oh, thank you for having me on. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> this is such an honour to be part of your weekly podcast. You are very welcome. What do you talk about? Well, is this um, sit back and listen. Is this the CrossFit podcast? <laughs> Wait, the Paleo podcast. No, it's in the title. It's the Weight Loss podcast. Oh, the Super Nintendo podcast. I love this. <laughs> now, before we get into the topic of today, I just wanted to briefly touch on the fact I can't get through a whole episode without touching on the fact that my my voice might sound a little bit funny today. I've got a little bit of a blocked nose. I've got a little bit of a cold, which is... Not uncommon for me to get a, uh, a cold at the start of winter, so it's all right. Get it out of the way to begin with, and then I'll be right as rain for the rest of winter. Do you know that that implies you don't have a funny voice normally? It does imply that, and I feel like I've said like the last couple of weeks, apologise for my voice, but... That's just the way she was born. It's just my voice, I have to say, but that's okay. We're Boy. moving on. So, before... While we're getting into uh, this week's topic, I want to start off with a bit of a question, which is a question that Matt and I always ask uh, clients, really anyone who comes to us and wants to talk about working with us, which is, what is your goal? Meaning, what is your health and fitness goal? Now, the answer to that 99 times out of 100 will be that a person wants to lose fat and improve their body shape. I think you'll agree with that, Matt. That is 99% of the time that is the answer? At least 99% of the yes. time. <laughs> yes. And I think also when when I look at – when I think about that answer, I just think back when I used to be a member of a, of a big commercial gym and I would think back and you'd see the people that would come into the gym and you would see the people that came in the same day, the same time, did the same thing and never changed. And you'd think to yourself, why? Why? Why is it that they're doing that? Surely they have a goal like mine, which is to lose fat and to Im- or just to improve their body shape or they're doing that exercise for a reason, but they're not changing. And why are they not changing? So today we're going to be touching on, well, I say we, but Matt is going to be touching on mostly the uh, 10 fat loss killers. So... I'm really excited to go through these because I think they're going to be really helpful. That makes the two of us. Yeah. Because I know that both of us have gone through some, or in my case, all of these Yeah. along the way. So we can speak from personal experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. So without further ado, let's get into the first one, which is number one, poor food choices. Yeah, it's it's kind of obvious, but it's it's worth bringing up. Obviously, the the cliche is you are what you eat, and that is actually true. So, the, when I was younger, 
I was the type of person who would exercise countless hours a week. Maybe you can relate to this, exercising hours and hours a day, six, seven days a week, but you'd still be going home and what's going going into the body wasn't, well, you, you knew. You knew it wasn't ideal. In my case, my post-workout nutrition of choice was burger rings, <laughs> cans of Coke. Oh. If I was feeling a bit uh, a bit fancy pantsy, maybe some lemon soda, oh. because I love lemon soda. But the number one the number one fat loss killer really is the choices that you make on a on a daily basis, you know, habitually. So it doesn't matter how much you're going to be training if the choices you're making at home consistently are less than ideal, you really can't expect to get much from the investment that you make in the exercise. Great, great point. So moving on to number two, what's your water intake like? All right. This is a big one. I'm going to make a statement. Dun dun. Drinking water is helpful. <laughs> Unbelievable, really? I know. <laughs> Drinking water is helpful in that it actually is a weight loss and fat loss um, supplement, I guess you could say. It's kind of like a supplement. So you're probably thinking, what the hell is this bloke talking about? Well, water increases or works as a thermogenic. So what the hell is a thermogenic? Well, a thermogenic is... Well, it, it, the body works with water by taking it when you put it into your body at room temperature and your body expends energy by warming up the water to body temperature. Now, we're not talking about a massive X factor here in terms of this is it. I'm just going to drink a bit of, bit more water a day and I'm going to get shredded. But here, well, let's look at some, some numbers here. Let's say if we're drinking two liters of water a day, and that's going to expend our, well, increase our energy expenditure by around about 100 calories a day. Add that up. Mm. Over the course of a week, 700 calories. Over the course of a 12-week program, 8,400. Now, Courtney and I will be the first to tell you that we're not too concerned with counting calories, that we are what we call calorie aware. Mm. And I think knowing that a, a consistent improved water intake is going to help us expend more energy, well, it's going to add up. It's going to help. So what you find is that 8,400 calories over a 12-week period could be the difference for a lady in a dress size or for us guys could be the difference in a belt buckle. Yeah. One extra hole in the belt buckle. Yeah, absolutely. And that, to me, sounds like a win. Yeah, absolutely. So, moving on to number three, complacency. Yeah, complacency is... I'll be the first to admit that complacency is the biggest thing that has always worked against me. And I know that we've had some feedback. Courtney Lyon had some feedback from some listeners that have gone through the same thing. where And something that's easily overlooked as well in terms of it being being something that lets little bad habits start to creep back in because things are progressing rather smoothly. 
you're training the house down, you can feel the difference in your clothes, you can even sometimes see the difference in the mirror. Mm. So your shape's starting to change. Uh, in the case of uh, us boys, we might start to get some veins showing through down the arms. Um, you know, the midsection's starting to really carve itself out. And all of a sudden, you start to think without realizing it, man, I'm the best. I am so good. Check me out. I'm just going to roll through this and kill it. And without realizing it, you take your foot off the pedal. And all of a sudden, the foods that you looked at as being treat or bonus foods start to creep in to the everyday regular staple food category. So I know for me in the past, I've had it where things I would have once a week started to become things I would have three times a week, four times a week, five times a week. And it adds up. So then I could, I've even had it before where the edge has come off my training. Mm. So rather than deliberately putting the effort in to get myself in the right frame of mind before his training session, which for me personally is I need to be angry. I need to be angry at something real or imagined. You need to be chasing something. Chasing something. Proving something. Proving something. Yeah. But I need to be, I need, for me, anger brings out the best intensity in my training sessions where if I'm starting to get complacent without realizing it, I'm going into my workouts very cheerful, mm. very happy. Oh, awesome. I'm at the gym. Let's do some weights. Oh, that's heavy. No, it's not. So for me, the, the intensity can come off the training and, and the food choices can become, well, consistently less than ideal. And I think for just to quickly jump in here, sorry, Matt, that for me, I'm never happy to go to the gym. I think that's pretty widely known now. So I'm never excited to go to the gym. I'm actually always annoyed when I have to go to the gym because I hate to exercise. But I think the complacency then for me comes in because of the pain of exercise over certain periods of time. You, I slightly have been guilty of taking the foot off the pedal because it's that mind over matter thing. You know, you've got to push through that pain. But I just tend to sort of, I've been guilty of just pulling back that little bit. Well, there are, there are plenty of people out there that when it comes to intense exercise would like to avoid the pain and yeah. discomfort that comes with it. I was like that for a long time where I've learned over a period of time that to really know that I'm pushing myself, I need to embrace it Yeah, like a warm blanket. I need to <laughs> hug the pain. I need to wait. Can I get very Zen here? I need to become the pain. Be one with the pain. Be one with the pain. Or is, it, is this like the matrix? There is no pain. <laughs> yes. Yes. But yeah, Great advice in terms of complacency there. Love that. Okay, let's move straight on to number four, which is overtraining. Yeah, overtraining is a common affliction among the population of every gym in the world. So in terms of overtraining, well, let's look at it this way. If you're someone that is relatively new to intense exercise or relatively new to the gym, like it might be your first six to 12 months, of intense training, it can. It's common for people when they get the the, they've made the change, or they've decided to make. They've made the decision to make the change. They've had their snap point, and they decide that's it. I've had enough. 
I don't like this. I'm going to change things. And they launch full force into a six, seven, eight, nine, ten day a week intense training program that may even involve two to three sessions a day nonstop, even though they're not conditioned for it. But with the idea of is, well, more is better, isn't it? I just do more. So if I can do 30 minutes of intense training, next week I'll do 40, then 50, then two hours, then three hours. I was guilty of this for quite a while when I was younger, where I thought that building yourself up and doing more was the right thing. I got to the stage where I was doing three hours a day, six days a week, and got basically nowhere with that approach. So there will be, there is a small segment of the gym population that will tell you that overtraining doesn't exist, that it's a myth. The response to that is, ha, that is bullshit. It is actually published in scientific journals that overtraining does exist and there are different levels of it and it can manifest itself in different ways. It can be as simple as, oh, my workouts are not quite what they used to be. I haven't quite got the strength or haven't quite got the pop or the same sort of intensity when I, when I run, when I lift or whatever. Uh, it can be things like getting increasingly or getting sick more frequent. So the occasional one-off bit of sickness, well, that's we all get that. Even I get that yeah. every now and then. Courtney right now has got a cold, but that's not from overtraining. That's because she's got a cold being around people that have a cold. And I'm good for one every every winter generally. You're good for at least one every yeah. winter. Uh, I'm good for one every year. So far, I've avoided it, but still. So anyway, the point I'm making is we can't avoid always getting, you know, we can't fully avoid getting sick. Mm. But if we find that we're constantly got the sniffles, We've constantly got a flu, constantly got a cold. That could be a sign because, you know, intense exercise does suppress the immune system. That's just the way it works. Uh, other things in terms of more extreme examples of overtraining can be things like anxiety, possibly depression for some people. Mm. Um, for me, when I was younger, it was epic mood swings, uh, persistent fatigue. So yeah, overtraining absolutely is a factor where if someone, and mind you, let's, be, let's, let's keep this transparent. The more conditioned you get with your training, yes, you can handle a bit more. Mm. The problem is when you're new to intense exercise and you just go full tilt into a big, huge program, no, you're going to fall flat on your face. So when, if you're the sort of person that's relatively new, I'd say 12 months or less with intense training, you're far better off starting with less than you think you should do and building yourself up. Yeah, great tips, mm. great tips. And I think the big saying out of that, Matt, that you mentioned, which is the old, the old adage, which is train more, eat less. Yeah. So that brings us into number five, which is, Undereating. Yeah, undereating is, well, just as common as overtraining. So, as Courtney just touched on, our industry would like to tell you that, well, if you want to get in great shape, just exercise more and eat less. Mm. Mm. Kind of bullshit. Mm. Mm. 
And by kind of bullshit, I mean epic <laughs> loads of bullshit. Bullshit stacked as tall as me. So in terms of eating less, we're talking about eating less crap. So for me, I was guilty of this for a long time where literally every meal I would eat during the day when I did eat, so two to three times a day, was just junk food. Hamburgers, crumb chicken, french fries, chicken nuggets, ice creams, bacon and egg McMuffins, pizza. I could just go on and on and on. But this would add up when when you're eating it basically all day, every day. So when someone decides, hey, I'm going to make some more healthy food choices and start to go more, you know, lean, unprocessed types of foods. We all know what they are. Lean meats, fruits, vegetables, salad, etc. That food is far less energy dense than the junk we get through at the drive-thru. So the issue with people, and this is the thing that I'm always concerned about and both Courtney and I are concerned about with our clients when they start making really good food choices, to replace the energy you're not getting anymore from the junk food, you've got to eat a lot more of the good stuff. Like it is actually eye-opening how much you need. In fact, on the show notes page, of this episode at theweightlosspodcast.com. I'll put a, uh, a fantastic little uh, article in there for you, for you to have a look at in terms of the calorie awareness I spoke about earlier. Just the difference in what it would take to replace the calories in certain well-known <laughs> takeaway foods. Replacing that with good quality unprocessed foods. You've got to get a lot in. Oh, yeah. So with people in terms of you know sustainable weight loss, sustainable fat loss, changing your body composition, over the course of a pretty intense 12-week program, you've actually got to increase the amount of good food going in to match the increased energy expenditure going out. Mm. So for a lot of people, they start to plateau when they're simply under-eating. They're not eating enough good food to match the energy requirements their body needs. So, yep, I am talking about eating more food to burn more fat. So, yeah, there are plenty of people out there that will lose a stack of weight by just eating, well, minimal food. But in terms of losing actual weight, we're talking about what what does comprise that weight we're losing. Is it fat? Is it water? Is it muscle tissue we better hope not so the ideally when we're talking about weight loss we are referring to fat loss so we want to make sure that in terms of under eating etc over the course of a 12-week program increasing the amount of good food is going to help well a hell of a lot absolutely Good tips and great article that is going to be on that show notes page. I love that calorie awareness article. So definitely one to be checking out. Number six, lack of sleep. Yep. Uh, Sleep is still underrated, will always be underrated. Totally agree. So many people out there, and I was guilty of this for a long time, most of us will think that the body changes during exercise. 
Hence why there's the more is better approach from so many people. Except the real changes when it comes to your training occur when you're not training. They occur when you're away from the gym, when you're eating, when you're drinking water, and when you are sleeping. So if you find that you wake up tired or that you're fading fast through the day or just as bad, your workouts aren't as good as what they have been in the past, or worst of all, the flab just isn't moving, have a crack at going to bed 30 minutes earlier. You might be surprised at what that can do. Absolutely. And I can definitely speak from experience on that one because it has been something that I've really worked on this year and really uh, paying off for me. So moving right along to lucky number seven, Alcohol. Yeah, alcohol. Okay, so just want to preface this by saying we are not going to sit here and tell you to give up alcohol. We are are not the alcohol police. We're not the alcohol police, but we do need to share the facts. Absolutely. And as someone that kind of had an alcohol problem when he was younger, I can speak to this from personal experience. Um, Now, look, the occasional glass of red the occasional beer here and there at a at a function with friends isn't going to undo someone's fantastic transformation. But let, let's break this down. Most people don't just have one or yeah. stop at one. How many... Well, here's a question for you. Have you ever been a binge drinker? I know I have. So for me, I didn't drink every day when I was at my worst... I would save it for the weekends. And on the weekends, I would get enough for the next two weeks. So what you find is the wholesale consumption of alcohol, it puts the brakes on on your results. There's no other way to put it. It's just the way it works. Alcohol is a toxin. And alcohol alcohol consumption in and around training times, well, it impairs your body's ability to recover. So your recovery is compromised. It impairs the body's ability to build muscle tissue and burn fat, which means, hello, the results aren't going to actually happen. So there's no point going full beast mode and being the Incredible Hulk or Wonder Woman in the gym if you're going to completely erase that by hitting the town afterwards and undoing the last seven days worth of hard work with, well, a massive binge drinking session. So those effects from even just a big night out over the weekend, well, they can be in your system and impact what you're doing for up to four days. Yeah. So wow. the, the how many people out there really, and tell me, you know, have you said this to yourself before? Because I know I have. It's okay. I'll just burn it off on Monday. Bad news. No, you won't. Yeah. Everyone's, everyone's, I'm sure, said that. That's why the commercial gyms are packed with people on a Monday yep. night after well, work. The Monday night, that's the guilty conscience. That is the, that is the big night to, to avoid the gym because that's when everybody's there. Well, I'm glad Courtney brought that up because no doubt the gym that you go to is most crowded on Monday and least crowded on Friday. Want to know why that is? Because on Friday, they're out undoing the week's worth of hard work And on Monday, they're in there trying to make it up. That's right. And they're the same people that aren't changing. Correct. All right, moving on to number eight. And I love this headline. Are you on fire? 
Whoa. I know. We're talking about the human torch from Fantastic Four? <laughs> Unfortunately for you, no. We are talking about fire as in F-I-R-E. What does that mean? Focused Intense Resistance Exercise. Yeah, so basically what Courtney's saying here is, are you lifting, bro? Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I was saying. Bro, do you even lift? So the the common sort of approach that our industry would, would tell you is that if you want to lose weight slash cardio, slash cardio, I can't even speak. If you want to lose weight slash fat, you do cardio. And if you want to get big and bulky and look like a bodybuilder, you do weights. Uh, that's actually kind of shit. Complete load of shit, actually. So no matter what your goal is, whether it is, for some people, their goal is actual weight gain. For some, well, for most actually, the goal is weight loss. For others, the goal can be more athletic performance. Run faster, jump higher, perform better at a chosen sport. No matter what the goal is, uh, resistance training, focused intense resistance exercise, well, that's, that's the shot. Yeah. That's the number one form of training, no matter what the goal is, be it athletic or body composition. So... For most guys, this isn't an issue because the weight section of your local gym is populated by big buff heads like me <laughs> grunting and pumping iron trying to look our best. But if you're a lady, well, put it this way, I'm talking to you. So I've worked with plenty of females in my life and I am now married to one who has been at some stage, well, let's just say allergic to the weights room. Didn't even know it existed, to be Did, fair. Well, in this case, didn't even know it existed. <laughs> yes. So here's the thing. I'll keep this really, really clear. If you're a female, the more heavy weights you lift, the smaller you are going to get. So if your goal is to drop two, three, four dress sizes, excellent. Start pumping iron, baby. If you want to look good without clothes on, and let's be fair, we all do. Yes, Weight training is going to greatly assist that. If you make weight training the cornerstone of your training program, you've put, we've taken a really big step in the right direction. Absolutely. Number nine, eating breakfast within 30 minutes of waking. Yeah, okay. Well, you do eat breakfast, don't you? That's the first thing <laughs> I want to just, just get out there straight away. One, are you eating breakfast? Then we're talking about eating breakfast within 30 minutes of waking up. So if you are listening to us now and you are a breakfast eater, high five, yes. well done. That's really, 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 really good. That's a great habit to get into. The next step to take it a little bit further is to eat within 30 minutes of waking. Now, chances are, if you like what Courtney and I have been in the past, you don't eat breakfast within 30 minutes of waking because you're on your phone. Looking at Facebook, looking at Instagram, watching YouTube videos. So for some people that I've worked with and that Courtney's worked with, they may wake up, say, for example, at 7 o'clock in the morning but aren't actually having breakfast until 9, 9.30 when they actually get out of bed. So waking, well, eating breakfast within 30 minutes of waking really gives your metabolism a shot in the arm. And in the end, that's what it's about when we're talking about sustainable fat loss and sustainable improvements to body composition, we're talking about improving our metabolic function. 
studies have shown eating breakfast, and that's eating breakfast, not drinking breakfast. Oh, good correction there. Eating, yes. Eating breakfast within 30 minutes of waking greatly increases your metabolic rate for the rest of the day, as well as extra benefits like improved energy, improved function through the day, improved mental alertness. So if you're interested in losing fat faster, get your breakfast in within 30 minutes of waking. Whole food breakfast. Well, yeah, eat breakfast. Eat breakfast, yes. Now, number 10, last but never the least, have you found your why? Or are you just relying on motivation to get you through? Yeah, Courtney said it last but not least. In fact, this is secretly number one (laughs) in terms of the biggest reason why someone isn't getting what they want. They haven't got a clear goal. They haven't got a personal, emotional, deep, powerful reason why they are doing what they're doing. So it's one thing to say, oh yeah, you know, I kind of wouldn't mind getting fit and toning up. Well, no, you need to want it more than just about anything else in your life. I can speak to this from experience. I know Courtney can speak to this from experience. Just relying on doing it when you feel like it is not going to get it done. So often, and you may have come across this yourself, people will speak to their quote-unquote lack of motivation as the reason they're not getting things done. Courtney and I have said this before, and I'm going to repeat it again right now. Everyone lacks in motivation from time to time, some more than others. I know Courtney uh, lacks motivation more than I do, but even I have my days regularly. Chances are you do too. We all do. Days where we just couldn't be stuffed. That's normal. However, the problem is when you only do what you know you need to do when you actually feel like doing it. Because if you're doing it, you know, half the time, that's okay as long as you're content with getting half the results. So the biggest thing that I've found is that doing what I know I have to do even when I don't want to do it, really helps take consistent steps forward. I'll give an example, a personal example. Uh, Earlier this week, Courtney and I got home from running some classes at our gym. It was about quarter to nine at nighttime. We had to go to bed early that night because we're up early the next morning. Uh, And I I I knew I had a big day planned the next day. So I had to stand in the kitchen and get all my food ready for the next day. Now, believe me, I was not motivated to do that. In fact, I hated every fucking second of it because I've said it before and I'll say it again. I hate cooking. I hate shopping. I hate food prep. I hate that like Courtney hates exercise. I detest it. (laughs) Every second I spend in the kitchen makes me hate my life. But on the flip side, it had to be done Otherwise, the next day, I was going to be wholly unprepared. And that can lead to a number of issues like I've got no food to eat. Yes. So normally, I would like to spend my evenings relaxing with Courtney or playing video games or both. That evening was spent in the kitchen preparing food. And I hated every second of it. But the day after, gee, I felt pretty good because I was right on track all day. So the point I'm making there is I did what I knew I had to do even though I didn't want to do it. 
Actions like that consistently really add up big time. So if you're the sort of person that's relying on motivation, I've got to tell you now, forget it. Because that motivation will pass. And when it does pass, all you're left with is hard work staring you in the face. Hard work that has to be done to get to where you want to get to, whether you like it or not. So this is why Courtney and I speak about having that personal powerful goal to anchor your efforts to because that why, that goal is what's going to get you through things when you don't feel like it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely hit the nail on the head with those, Matt. Loved them. Well done. Thank you. Hope, well, I hope that helped. I hope that helped everyone. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, I think you just gave some really great insight into there, some personal experience, uh, as well as some really good facts that everyone can take away. Well, put it this way: those ten there, as I said at the start of the show, uh, they affected they've affected Courtney and I personally. I can relate to all ten of them. We've also seen it with all of these, or a combination thereof, with all of our clients. Oh yeah. These things affect everyone. Oh, yeah. It's just the way it goes. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So now we're moving on to our email of the week. Email of the week. Excellent. There's the music. Thank you, Courtney. (laughs) So After my disaster of reading it out last week, Mm. Matt's going to read this one out. Yeah. So podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com is where you can reach us. We had a really, really good email this week from Scott. G'day, Scott. Hello. Thank you very much. Scott says... Hello, guys. Just wanted to drop you a quick email to say well done and thank you on the podcast. I'm a 46-year-old male that has let work and life get on top of my health, resulting in being about 25 kilos overweight. I found myself in a similar position about 12 years ago and lost the weight with diet and exercise. A major part of this process was a podcast I used to listen to from the US about weight loss and exercise whenever I was doing my 5 a.m. walks. I found it was very motivating and helped pass the time and keep my legs pumping. Excellent. Two weeks ago, I declared war on my unhealthy lifestyle and again decided I needed a new podcast partner, love it, and started downloading as many podcasts as I could on my phone. I went through a number of them one morning until I came across yours. I downloaded the 10 excuses that are holding you back as it seemed fitting. I'm happy to say that you had me from the first point. It's great to again have a podcast for both education and motivation. And to be locally made is even better. Excellent. In order to fit in exercise to my work life, I've been rising at 20 past four to exercise from 4.30 to 5.30 every morning before heading home for a quick turnaround and off to work. Being from Melbourne, which is where we're from, It can be a challenge to hit the streets this time of morning as it is cold. Yes, it is. But again, I find listening to your podcast makes this an easier process. So again, thank you and keep up the great work. Regards, Scott. Scott, you are a champion. Thank you so much for that. Uh, I really, and one of the reasons why I wanted to bring this uh, to this episode to read out and respond to is I can fully relate to using podcasts to drive the exercise habit, because I know for me, well, that's part of the reason why Courtney and I are even doing this to begin with. For me, when I was younger, when podcasts were first becoming a thing back around, you know, 2004, 2005, um, I would 
regularly download podcasts, transfer them to my MP3 player at the time, uh, and use them to distract myself while I was exercising. So, Scotty, I can fully relate to where you're coming from with that. Um, I love it. Courtney will tell you that it's very rare for me to not have my headphones in when I'm doing something that I don't really like doing, like, you know, cooking, shopping, in some cases, exercising. So, yeah, wonderful email, Scott. Thank you so much. I'm glad this is helping. Courtney, anything you want to add to that? No, I think you nailed it. Thanks so much for your time to write that email Scott really appreciate it love the feedback and uh, it just makes us so happy to know that we're actually connecting with people and helping them out it's the whole reason why we started to do this so yeah, yeah thanks so much yeah that's uh that's made our week yeah so yeah thanks Scotty so on that note we are going to close the show and uh and wrap it up for a week hopefully this has helped logging out once again you can email us at podcast at the weightlosspodcast.com uh, check the show notes page at theweightlosspodcast.com. Yeah. We will have quite a bit of reading material there for you guys. That's going to help. And uh, that's it for us. We will speak to you soon. Bye. Get more free tips, listen to previous episodes, and contact Matt and Courtney at theweightlosspodcast.com.